back in the show, and today we have Osman Beg from Bullets Forever back on the program. It's been a while since you've been on, but Oz, how you doing, man? Good, man. Good. It's been a while, but you know, like we talk all the time, so it's like it's like I hasn't realized I haven't realized it's been that long. So like you know, it's just it's just talking hoop with you guys all the time. So it's all good. <laughs> yeah, man. Definitely excited to to have you back on, and we're gonna go over a few different things today. Uh, Ozzo, we definitely want to get your thoughts on the 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 promote the proposed trade with the Kings to move up to four that we came up with the last time that me and Damo recorded. Uh, we're going to go over the Indiana trade that has gained a, a lot of traction and different opinions on Twitter. Uh, David Aldridge had mentioned that the Wizards should try trading up and try with Houston. So we'll go over that scenario as well. And then at the end, there was an article that came out today saying that the the Wizards were listed as a, an early destination for restricted free agent uh, guard Colin Sexton. So we'll finish off with that. But before we do that, just as a reminder, if you're not already subscribed to the show, make sure that you are. Leave us a five-star review. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, my DMs are always open. But let's start off with the, with the Sacramento Kings trade that that we came up with last time. So, um, Oz will definitely get your thoughts on this. But at the end of the day, what we ended up coming up with uh, is we tried to make it fair because I, I think a lot of the times, like Wizards fans, tried they overvalue a little bit what we have. So we we're trying to objectively find <laughs> that balance where where it's fair for both sides, which can get a little bit tricky sometimes. What we came up with was. Kuzma, Denny, 10, um, a future lottery protected first for Harrison Barnes and the fourth pick. What do you think about that? So Kuzma, yeah, Kuzma, Denny, 10, future lottery for Barnes. Yeah, I, so I've, I've kind of toyed around with a couple scenarios like that also. To me, I mean, that makes perfect sense. The thing is, do the Kings do it? And I, I think one of the things that you always, you always see on Wizards Twitter and just kind of just in talking, talking shop on like, People view it like, oh, I don't really want to give up. Like, hey, take Kispert out of it. Take Denny out of it. Take Rui out. Then I'll do it. At some point, you got to view it as, well, why is the other team doing it? So I think what you guys have put together there makes sense. I still, like, so personally, if I were the Kings, I would probably still bypass that, I think. But, like, in, in the direction that the Kings are wanting to go in, like, the, like it seems like they want to rebuild quickly and compete quickly around Sabonis. So you're getting Kuzma who could help now. And probably over there be like a you know like seventeen and ten type player. You know, you're getting Danny, who's a young prospect. You're still getting the tenth pick, and you're getting a future pick. Um, all for the fourth pick. And Barnes, Barnes is the contract that would have to go out. That makes a lot of sense both ways. I think for the Wizards, it's yes, you are giving up Danny, a recent first round pick. You are giving up a future first round pick. And you are giving up Kuzma, who was probably their best player last year. But the most valuable piece in that trade is that fourth pick because that's where you could get a potential All Star. The Wizards can't have been trying for years to trade for or sign an All Star like they tried in what the KD KD summer to, to sign him. They've tried so many times to trade for like a Paul George, a whomever became available, and they just always come up short. So the best way to really get that All Star from not, like the way I view it is you got to trade up in the draft. So trade up in the draft, get that fourth pick, get like a Jaden Ivey or like a uh, you know Shaden Sharp, someone with that All Star ceiling. Right. It's, I think that in these proposed trades that we came up with, like it's not clicking fully in Wizards Twitter that like we, we are moving up in the draft. It's not like right. we're staying the same or, or giving up our pick. Like in the Sacramento trade, like everyone's everyone would probably say, 
well, I don't want to give up Denny, Denny or that, um, or that lottery protected first, take it out. And I'm like, guys, you're moving up six spots. It's, it's not going to cost like Ishmith and, you know, uh, a future second round pick. Like it, mm-hmm. it, when you move up, especially in a draft like this, where it is assumed that especially in that top four, you're going to come away with what is hopefully going to be an all-star level player. Like you have to give something to get something. So, um, and also with the with the Kings deal, you know, they may not do it because they may want to hold on to Harrison Barnes until the trade deadline where there's a team that's desperate to get off of salary and they may be able to to get a little bit more value back for that closer to the deadline. You know, you know, who knows? Um, yeah. But but it is something to be considered with that as well. Um, moving on to the Indiana deal. So th- this gained a, a lot of different opinions yesterday, and it's the same thing, right? Like kind of with the second, like yeah, you have to give something to get something, and um, you know, I mean, it is less spots moving up. Obviously, in this scenario, you're only moving up four, as to where with the the Sacramento trade, you're moving up six. But um, Oz, I saw you tweet out that maybe Indiana doesn't accept this, so I kind of wanted to to get your thoughts on that as well, and what you think the Wizards may have to include in in this situation in order to to make it work. So with Indiana, they, you know, so last year they picked 13th. We picked 15th. So they, they definitely chose Chris Duarte over Corey Kispert. I know Corey Kispert was considered in Indiana. He had a late workout over there and he was on their board. So is he enough to, to, for them basically? So basically the players wise, it's Kuzma for Brogdon. If you're trying to break it up, Kyle Kuzma Brogdon is kind of, uh, you know, I mean, I'll let you guys, is that's more of a little bit, a little bit of a wash, right? Right. So then it's really Corey Kispert and the 10th pick uh, to go up four spots. I'm not missing any part of the trade, right? Correct. Right. So that's, yeah, so that's, and that's reasonable. Uh, I, you know, considering they passed on Kispert last year, are they willing to drop down four spots to get him this year and get the 10th pick? It really depends on how they, like what they see in the draft. If they have, if they view it as, four players are one tier well above everyone else and they view like the next six are bunched together and they kind of grade players six through 10 very similarly. Yes. Maybe they'll drop down four spots to get Corey Kispert, but maybe you might have to include something else. I mean, yeah. In, in an ideal, if you try to like break the, break that trade up into pieces. Yeah. Kuzma's younger plays more makes less than Brogdon, but the like kind of the context of that, that people are missing is Kuzma plays a position, a position where there's a lot of redundancy on this roster. And Kuzma's a free agent, so yes, he makes less now. But it's almost like because he's in his last year and because you know he's an unrestricted free agent next year and you have no restricted rights over him, all you have is bird rights, you almost have to treat him like treat him with his future salary because it's only 12 months that he's going to be making this. In 12 months, he's going to make probably double this. So you already have to factor that in. It's not like this is our championship push this season and you're going to have him for $13 million for a couple of years. You're really going to, by the time you kind of have what you're envisioning, He's going to be making twenty five million a year, maybe. You know, right? And it's that's the the biggest thing to keep in mind too when Wizards Twitter tries to include Kuzma in these trade talks, and everyone's like, "No, you have to keep Kuzma." And I'm like, "No, you don't." And do do you really want to bank? Like, do you want to put all your eggs in the basket of the the small sample size without Bradley Beal that we saw um, this past season? Our our, our teams. Are, are you prepared to, to make that sort of investment only for it to possibly be an overpay? I mean, look, I'm happy that they extended Gafford. I think he can be a, a decent center long term, but there's also the 
potential of the Gafford deal not working out. And so now mm-hmm. you're, you're going to eagerly pay two players on your roster for something that's unsure of you're unsure of what you're going to get more long-term. So that would be my concern is Kuda starts off the season. Well, two weeks in Tommy gives him the extension and then he just plays like an average player the rest of the way that, that that's a, a huge concern to me. And it should also be a concern for a team that would be interested in trading him. Right. We go down that path a lot where we, we immediately kind of reinvest and then, I mean, I don't think he's a Davis Bertans type. Like, Bertans just kind of, I don't like, didn't come in shape. You're not going to have any of that issues, but there's a concern that he did not play his best until Beal got hurt. And what does he look like as the third option when Beal and Porzingis are both healthy versus the second option when either or are, are out? So there's, there's that concern there. And it's also like you have, then you have Rui. Can you get 80% of Kuzma's production from those two combined, making much less? Um, I think you can. So then can you use him to improve somewhere else? Yeah, that's the thing with, with Kuzma. That's the big unknown for me is how does he look with KP and Beal? Because we have zero games with Beal and KP together mm-hmm. um, and zero games with Beal, KP, and Kuzma together. So how does that look? And then if you're if he's going to be the third option, how much are you paying for a third option? Um, and, and you know what? What does that look like? Like because if if it's we're running the offense through KP in the high post, you know, Beal <clears throat> triple handoffs and Beal, you know, having the ball mostly, well, that takes away from Kuzma's playmaking. Uh, you know, he's got to probably rebound more to to up his value, and he's got to be able to hit an open three. Um, where he's not going to get those rhythm shots. He's not going to get three, four shots to kind of get into rhythm. Um, and then get the ball back. Like he's gonna have to get more efficient on lower attempt, lower attempts. And it's just like, is he capable of doing that? And then, what do those numbers look like? And how much are they worth to you long term? So, it's a it's a lot of unknowns with it. I would probably say, as a as a big Kuzma fan, I would like to keep him. But if there's a if there's a scenario that exists where <clears throat> I'm filling another hole at point guard. Like with a legitimate starter, and I'm getting draft capital, I'm going to entertain that. Or if I'm getting an all-star level guy back in a major trade, I'm definitely going to entertain that. Now, would mm-hmm. I do Kuzma for, you know, would I trade Kuzma just to move up four spots? Uh, no. I I feel like I need a little bit more. Like it, it's got to be. Um, I'm not. Tr- I'm not filling one hole to create another um mm-hmm. for me it's it's got to be something where you know we address the imbalance on this team and we also add additional talent so uh yeah i'll, I'll just leave it with that yeah i agree there like if you could do like six is kind of a tough spot because you don't know who's going to make it down there so are you trading up for a guy like a matherin or dyson daniels who might make it a 10 anyways so in that scenario, yeah. But if you could go to four, I think that's something different because four, you have that top tier. Um, that said, you probably you have to include something else to get to four. Yeah, I think for four, you would have to throw the whole whole shebang. Yeah, yeah. right. I and mean, it would have to it would have to be your package, you know, that you as if you were trading for, uh, you know, an all star. Um, 
But like, like, like you were saying, the efficiency is an issue. Like, cause he, he's not, when he really kind of took his, like, took the reins, like played well, he was usage and volume was high. Um, he's got a lot of shots. He was more like he was able to work his way into a rhythm versus being in a catch and shoot role and being efficient. Like, so he just, yeah, he, with Beal, he was, he was more like a, like he finished the season as like an 18, nine, 18 and nine on decent, on pretty good, decent shooting. But that's the overall package. Like if you break it up, it was more like with Beal 16 and eight kind of low thirties, three point shooting. That's not really, you know, that's not the Kuzma that we all saw though. All like towards the end. So can, I I don't know. million a year. Right, exactly. And then that's yeah. what he realistically should be targeting. If, if guys like Jeremy Grant are targeting like, you know, 100 million, Aaron Gordon got, what, 96 million, that should be what Kuzma's targeting. And we just said that it's, it's probably going to cost an arm and a leg to, to get up to four, but I did want to try seeing what we could come up with and what the best offer would be to get up to three since David Aldridge did mention uh, on an athletic show that he did that the Wizards should be aggressive in trying to move up and he did mention the the third spot with the Houston Rockets uh so Oz I mean your base trade well what do you think that the Wizards would have to consider for such a leap what would you, you presume they would be moving up to either get uh Paolo or Jabari Smith whichever one makes it there yeah, so that's going to be even – I mean, that's even probably more expensive than four because the Kings seem to be, of all the teams at the top four, a little more motivated. Houston has no reason to trade down, so you kind of have to entice them. Um, I mean, it has to start with the 10th pick, Denny, Kispert. I'm not sure how much a Kuzma would, like, would, would entice them, like how much, a vet, how much they would want a vet. So you got Denny, Kispert, the 10th pick, and I would guess future picks would have to be included in that as well. Dama, what do you think about that? Would you entertain that if, I mean, I've seen different stuff now that the Rockets, like they're named as a popular destination for a trade down for some reason. And again, like you said, Oz, I'm not sure exactly what their motivation would be for for trading down. But but Dama, if, if you're the, the Wizards, what do you think that that base trade looks like? He, you know, it would be the, the same as the Kings package and then some, because now... Because I feel like some evaluators may look at it as a three-man draft. Um, you know, you're talking about the opportunity to get one of, uh, you know, uh, Paolo and, and Chet or Jabari. Like, you know, depending on how you're looking at the draft, you know, some people view them as cornerstones. So it would be, it would have to be everything. It would, it would have to be everything. Like the whole shebang, man. Like literally everybody that isn't named Beal or, or KP. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, and you'd have a lot of future, a lot of future picks, whatever they. So they'd have to figure out a way to lift those, lift the protections with the OKC pick. Maybe reroute that to Houston. They'd have to figure out like something to do there because Houston's going to want like a ton to move down, like uh, basically yeah, punting on a chance for Paolo, Jabari, yeah. just and they're going to you know, settle for like a lower tier person. I, I don't know why Da specifically is targeting them. I when he first said trade up, I assumed it was always. Like, everyone's been talking to the Kings. I, I just don't get why Houston would want to trade down. Right. That, that's where I'm kind of at with it, too. Like yeah. It, like, the, they're bad, and they need talent. Like I, Yeah, I this was – they, they tanked, they tanked, and this is like, you know, this argue tank. Why, why do you want to not tank? <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's def, it, it wouldn't make sense for me to see that. 
it's just so rare historically that teams trade out of a top three pick in, yeah. in a draft that has like three, four blue chip players. Like you just rarely see that. You just rarely see it. And I think that's why if the Kings are willing or at least listening, you got to listen to it because like everyone's like, oh, just, you know, I don't know if this is the year. Well, when it's a really strong draft, no one's even going to consider it. So like if they are, and I think like Jay Ivey, he's not like a, like a surefire, like, you know, surefire, like franchise player, but there's definitely intriguing talent that could make it like, there's definitely an all-star ceiling. If you could put it all together, if you could put it all together. So if he becomes available at four and, and the fourth pick becomes available, I mean, that opportunity doesn't always come by. Right. Yeah. I mean, even if he wasn't an all-star, I mean, this is a league where Jamal Murray and Jalen Brown are all-stars. Yeah. You know, Devin Booker yeah. made his first all-star team, what, last year? Mm-hmm. Uh, so even if he wasn't an all-star, you still get a, you know, impact player. They need an impact player uh at the guard spot so or, or just at any spot really um so yeah I, I would be willing to give up whatever it took to to get that uh i just don't know if it's likely the kings are going to do business with us um mm-hmm. based on the assets we have um oz before we get to colin sexton if you were to so, so you know the proposed sacramento and indiana trade from the from the Wizards' side, assuming all parties agreed, which one would you pick of the two? Um, I think I would probably, I would just jump all the way to four. Get the, you know, get Ivy. Have your big three, Ivy, Beal, Porzingis, and then try to build around that. You still have, you still have KCP left, who's a nice, like, 3 and D type who could fill in. Rui would slide probably to the four in that situation. Uh, you would get Barnes back, I believe, right? So actually, Barnes probably starts. Rui still would come off the bench. Yeah. You still have a solid, solid five there with Ivy, Beal, KCP, Barnes, and Porzingis. I would go with that and one. And then again, like with Barnes, you can always flip that at the the deadline. Right. Maybe if there's a team that's looking to get off salary, and you know we could use a guy like that. Like say OG Ananobi is still on the Raptors roster, for example, towards the deadline and the Raptors are trying to shed salary. You know, I mean, that's, that's always an option. Right. It opens options for you that way. You have your MLE still, and you could use that. You don't have to use that for a point guard anymore. You can kind of use that for any position to kind of backfill some of the spots that you've opened up. So I I would go with that one if I could pick. Gotcha. Uh, There was an article posted from Jake Fisher on, I believe it was Bleacher Report, right? And it named uh, the the Wizards as an early destination for Colin Sexton. That's all he said. Uh, It wasn't really specific on anything. So I think it's just him just sort of, I mean, maybe he's heard some stuff. He's been accurate on stuff in the past, so I don't want to discredit the reporting, but it's like he's trying to report stuff without any, like, legit stamp on anything. So I'm sure it's just he's heard, yeah, the the, the Wizards like him, but, you know, I'm sure they, they like a lot of guys to fill that position compared to what they already have. So, uh, Dom, I'll start with you. What would you think about the uh, potential addition of Colin Sexton to the Wizards? Yeah, uh, I don't like the fit. Um, he's a two guard uh, in a point guard's body, so you're kind of. I feel like it's in, in some regards, it's kind of the Denmuddy thing all over again. He's coming off a, a lower leg injury. Um, you know, you're you're gonna have to try to fit him into the West. You know, 
ball movement system, inside out game. Um, and I just don't know that he fits that. I, I view him more as like a six man type where you, mm-hmm. you know, just let him come off the bench and just be that microwave scorer uh, and kill second units. But I don't like the idea of him coming in to be our starting point guard where he has to facilitate offense and make other guys better. I just don't. I think that would be miscasting another point guard again. Oz, what do you think? Yeah, I, I totally agree. Uh, he's kind of, like, there are things about him that are, that I think that are intriguing. Um, but everything that Shepard described in terms of what he wants in a point guard, and I think Wes maybe have said some, something similar about like table setting, getting guys, getting, getting guys in, in the offense, getting the play set, kind of having the ball move. That's not, Colin Sexton is a two guard, like, like Damo said. He's, He's he's out there to score. He's not really a facilitator. I think his look his career stats are three point three assists and two point five turnovers. That's not a point guard, you know. So you're not you have to know what you're getting. If you're getting him, you're getting you're trying to build once again a scoring backcourt with Beal and Sexton. You're not trying to get someone who's going to table set for Porzingis or kind of or Porzingis or Kuzma or someone like that. So it's just not a fit that makes makes sense. Plus you got. You got the lower leg injury. Do you want to go down that path again? Um, I, I just don't see this as it, that. It, this report to me seems more like, hey, point guard, a point guard available teams that need a point guard. Let's try to match them up versus like the Wizards actually out pursuing Colin Sexton. Uh, before we we go, just one quick topic I wanted to go on here. I, I know that Monte Morris has also been a. Uh, a topic or an option for point guard amongst wizards Twitter. And I just kind of want to get your guys' thoughts on what it may take to acquire him. I mean, I I don't think it would be relatively expensive Uh, with Jamal Murray coming back. Denver may view the point guard position as a little bit of a log jam, especially with the emergence of uh, bones Highland there. So who knows if they want to get off Monte Morris, shed some salary, maybe add some more depth on the wing for uh, Michael Porter insurance. But you know, he doesn't really fit that bigger defensive mold of point guard that we're looking for, but he is close to a 40% three-point shooter for his career. I think he shot about 39 and a half this past season, which is close to or right on about for his career average. So he's mm-hmm. a good shooter who at least fits that, and he probably costs less than a lot of the options that I think Wizards Twitter typically likes to think about. You know, Mal Brogdon, um, DeJounte Murray, you know, other point guards, even Colin Sexton to an extent. So he's not nearly going to cost as much, but uh, Domo, you did bring it up the other day. So when when you think about the Wizards acquiring Monte Morris, what exactly do you think that the Wizards would have to give up to make that happen? I mean, I, I would start with one of the, the power forwards, uh, not named Kyle Kuzma, of course, um, sure, sure. either Rui or Denny. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, I would, I would just offer that straight up, um, you know, because they, I feel like they need Michael Porter Jr. insurance because um, it's not a guarantee that he's gonna come back ready to contribute, and if he does, at what level? Um, definitely not a two hundred million dollar level. Mm-hmm. Um, so they need some depth, depth there on the wing, and you know, they have Bones, they have Jamal Murray coming back. Uh, you know, I think. I think uh, Monte is a solid option. I mean, his career, he's 48% from the field, 
39% from three for his career, even as a, you know, six foot two point guard. He's very, very efficient shooting the ball. Um, I just like his game. I think, you know, one of the issues for the Wizards beyond the lack of talent has been the lack of, well, the so much turnover and, and guys coming in where you got to teach new guys a system and, and get them acclimated. And I think Monte kind of, he would be a new guy to the Wizards, but I don't, he wouldn't be a new guy to Wes. And I think right. that could help with some of the transition um, where you're not trying to define roles and learn who likes what, where, and your point guard don't really know the coach like that. Um, and the growing pains that are associated with that, I, I think Monte kind of shortcuts that for you. Like, I, I would like the idea of somehow, you know, you get a Monte and then you still find a way to draft a young point guard. Um where, you know, it's not that, you know, you kind of got your bridge because I think he's on the contract for two more years at eight million a year. So that's a great contract. He's productive. He can shoot. So we know he'd fit with Beal. And then he has that that familiarity with the head coach um, while you still also address the, the point guard spot youth wise. Um, so I, I like the idea of it. I, I think you try to move one of the the extra power forwards you have to see if Denver would, would bite on it. Uh, yeah, I kind of, the, okay, go ahead. Yep, go ahead. Yeah, I kind of think the same. I mean, <clears throat> it's not it's not the most exciting move. So I think you got to get that out of the way. It's like, okay, they trade for Monte Morris. It's like, all right, fine. You know, you see the fit, you see the match. He would help. I think what you got to understand what you're getting. You're get, you're kind of getting what you're getting. Well, there are actually a couple things. Let me feel, let me start a Laurel. The funny thing about this trade, and I'm guaranteed this would come up if, like, they should have just drafted him out of college originally. Yes, yes. They uh, they had that a second round pick, and they sold it. They sold it to trade. No, they traded it for the guy they took from the Pelicans. It was a backup point guard they grabbed from the Pelicans. I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but he lasted for a year here, and then he went like he's kind of been a journeyman since wasn't wasn't able to kind of carve out that role. So instead of drafting a player, they could have drafted him in the second round and signed to this deal themselves. Now they would have to trade an asset to get a player they should have had all along. Um, he's look, he's just a steady player. I kind of like what Damo said. If I if we drafted him, I would like to draft him to kind of be a bridge for like a Dyson Daniels type or someone who you eventually see being a better version or like a more you know kind of just a more complete, more dynamic version, like point guard in the future, but not pressure to start right away. Because, like, look, even with, like, so everyone, like, Denver's roster was admittedly, one of the, one of the cases for, for Nicola was getting the MVP was, like, how bad the roster was. So Monte was, Monte was part of that, and, like, he was not a bad part of the roster, but it was really Jokic's and nothing else. So you kind of have that. So what you're, the 12 and 4 that you got from Monte Morris this year, that's what you're going to get. You're going to get 12 and 4. You're going to get efficient shooting. He's going to be steady. He's not going to like really raise the ceiling. So I think if everyone goes into that with the right expectations, it's fine. You know, it's 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 cool. Um, I think in terms of what you're trading, what you what you said made sense. I don't. I wouldn't want to give much more. I'd probably, from the Denver point of view, do you want to trade him and and put pressure on Murray to play every game coming off an ACL? I don't know if they're they'd want to trade him yet. They might want to keep him as insurance so they can kind of load manage a little bit. Um, I could also see Denver being in a position where saying, hey, we're built to win. Do they want like a KCP, someone who could slide in on an expiring deal and fit and play 30 minutes for them right away? 
I could see them wanting someone like Caldwell Pope instead of one of our younger players. Sure. Uh, well, I think that's going to go ahead and do it for us here today. A lot of good conversation there. And as we get closer to the draft, we're going to go over some different scenarios. And uh, Oz, we've thrown it out there several times. Maybe we'll we'll do something fun leading up to the draft. Maybe we'll uh, we'll redraft the 2018 draft or the 2019 draft. So we'll have to get you back on uh, if we do oh, sure. one of those as well and maybe get Matt on and um, see what we can come up with or, or different scenarios. Like I was, I was listening to a locked on NFL uh, last year or whatever, and, and they did. Okay. We're going to redraft, um, you know, X draft, but you you still have the same roster that you have now. So like you can go back and redraft whoever you want, but like, so for the 2018 draft, for example, like you can, we're going to redo the draft, but you still have Rui Hachimura on the roster, for example. So Okay. Um, just a, a few examples just to, to get the brain moving and to get some more good draft talk leading up to it because uh, we know this draft is coming up and it's coming up quickly but at the same time I feel like there's only so much you can really get into before things actually happen and take place so oh yeah uh, be some nice filler conversation up until then but uh, Oz thanks for coming back on and uh, thanks for listening oh, thanks for having me Take fall like a tenant, see my team winning, I'm losing no benching now. I'm never cold, stay on it, not to fucking mention now. Got fresh waiting on me in Canada. Wanna kiss on my chest, cause I'm tatted up. It's two of them, yeah, it's one of me. No matter, let's add it up. Killers right beside me So if you're pulling in and shooting like they spy Lee